From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. New South Wales is currently experiencing its worst outbreak of COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic. With case numbers continuing to rise, the government has slowly acknowledged it's losing control. Unlike the rest of the country, it now appears that New South Wales is abandoning its intention of eliminating the virus and reaching zero cases of community transmission, instead relying more heavily on vaccinations. Today, national correspondent for the Saturday paper, Mike Seckham, on the New South Wales strategy to deal with the virus and what it might mean for the rest of the nation. It's Tuesday, August 17. Like, at the beginning of the pandemic, it wasn't really clear what the plan was going to be to deal with COVID-19, whether we were trying to suppress the virus or if we were trying to eliminate it entirely from Australia. So where did we end up landing on that question? Well, you're quite right. In um, 2020, it was a little unclear. I mean, in part because we didn't have viable vaccines for a long time. And so... um, there were divergent views across the states and the territories and federally as to whether we should be looking to eliminate the virus entirely or just suppress it. And some argued that going for elimination would kill the economy. Others were arguing that elimination was the only option if we wanted to save lives and ensure that our hospitals weren't overrun. So, you know, it took a while to get to a a reasonably uniform position. Good afternoon, everyone. Another important and successful meeting of the National Cabinet... But a consensus did emerge sort of mid-2020. Agreed on today was an affirmation of the suppression strategy that we've been working to nationally now for many, many months from the outset. When the Prime Minister clearly stated that the goal was zero community transmission. The goal of that is obviously and has always been no community transmission. Uh, And we would use a, quote, aggressive suppression strategy. But that no community transmission, when the vast majority of states and territories have been at now effectively for some time, and that's certainly where we want to get back to in Victoria, New South Wales, and that's where... So, in many ways, it appeared that was elimination by another name. And we have, at various periods, effectively achieved elimination. New South Wales is now on the eve of a COVID milestone set to reach 50 days with no community transmission. Victoria is tonight again COVID-free. After 25 days of no new infections, we can all breathe a little easier. In April this year, the country recorded a few days where there were zero locally transmitted cases in every state and territory. Another day of zero cases of community transmission Australia-wide. There have been sporadic outbreaks in, in various states and territories, notably Victoria, but a lot of the country has has been virus-free for most of the time. But then came the Delta outbreak, and Delta has just shifted the game entirely. It's it's upended that entire calculus about elimination versus suppression. So let's talk about that, because the Delta variant, it's really made everyone, I think, worldwide reassess their approach to the virus. It's significantly more difficult to contain the spread of this particular variant. And I mean, we're seeing that in New South Wales at the moment. Yeah, well, that, that's right. I mean, Delta is far more contagious. It, it is contagious earlier 
And the suggestion is that, that, you know, people carry higher viral loads and even some people who are vaccinated, even if they're personally protected, may still spread it. So this has big implications for things like contact tracing. It makes it much harder. And so what we're seeing in New South Wales really speaks to all these complications. You know, in previous outbreaks, the New South Wales government was able to use highly targeted lockdowns and it had a very good contact tracing team and managed to stop the spread of the virus. But clearly that is no longer the case. The government didn't lock down early enough and we've seen the consequence, which is hundreds of new cases every day. The outbreak, which began in Sydney's eastern suburbs, has spread out into the west, then to the regions, and now it appears to to other states and territories. We've got almost 6,000 active cases at the time I speak, hundreds more every day, uh, and on average a death every second day over the course of the outbreak and, and, of course, more deaths on a daily basis as the numbers grow. So um, I think the overwhelming nature of this variant is why we've recently seen the Berejiklian government say a few things that suggest they are shifting the goalposts about what the the state is trying to achieve here. Mm, Tell me about that, Mike. What is it that Gladys Berejiklian has said and what appears to be this this shift? Uh, Good morning, everybody. To 8pm yesterday, we had over 87,000... Well, essentially, it was to say that New South Wales might need to learn to live with the virus. Lockdown plus some level of easing of restrictions is possible uh, once we get to 50% or 60% rates of vaccination. A a few weeks ago, Berejiklian herself floated the prospect when she announced that the state would consider lifting some of its restrictions at the end of August when the state reached a level of 50% vaccination. If we increase the vaccination rates during August, it gives us much more options, many more options for the 29th of August. So the more people that get vaccinated, especially... And I think that was a a hint that she recognised that the state had lost control of Delta and would likely be in lockdown for months and months if we tried to get back to zero cases. So that announcement has been seen in some quarters as a rejection of the National Cabinet plan to suppress the virus, and it's sparked a really significant debate about the, the future course of the pandemic in New South Wales, and consequently because it's spreading out of New South Wales in the rest of Australia. Mm. So, Mike, it seems like what we have then is this tension between the way that we've been dealing with COVID-19 for the past 18 months, which is eliminating outbreaks, getting back to zero every time, and this other way of looking at it, which would essentially be to meet the virus with vaccination. And implicit in in that model, I suppose, is the idea that the virus would still exist in Australia, it would still circulate. We're no longer trying to eliminate it. We would just be mitigating its effects through vaccination. Yep, that's a very good summary of the of the position. That's what exactly what it looks like. But of, of course, we've got to remember here the the plan. You know, the modelling from the Doherty Institute and others has always accepted that at some stage we would have to live with a degree of community transition. But that was predicated on us having 70, 80 or more percent of the population protected through vaccination. And of course, we're nowhere near that yet. And we likely won't be for some months yet. So it's possible that the Berejiklian government has just brought forward what was always going to happen. We are always going to have community transmission at some stage. The New South Wales government, through dare I say it's rather inept handling of this outbreak, has brought that reality forward from probably early next year to uh, effectively right now. 
We'll be back in a moment. As a 7am listener, you're already familiar with many of the journalists who work for the Saturday Paper. For a limited time, subscribe to Australia's leading independent news source, the Saturday Paper, and you'll receive the Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. For Sloan Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Mike, we're talking about the New South Wales strategy for dealing with this current outbreak. It seems like the outbreak itself is getting worse despite what is now a very long lockdown. We heard recently from the New South Wales Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, that there was this plan to perhaps start easing restrictions when vaccination numbers reached about 50% of the population. Can you tell me what we know about why that announcement was made? What might be underpinning Gladys Berejiklian's decision-making there? Well, of course, what Berejiklian herself has always insisted throughout this, this business is that her government's response accorded with medical advice. But last Tuesday... Her chief medical officer completely busted that myth. And can I just begin by thanking Dr Lyons and Dr Chant and the Minister for attending today? In evidence before a New South Wales parliamentary inquiry into the handling of COVID-19, Kerry Chant disclosed that she hadn't provided any advice to the government about when the state's lockdown might be eased. I, I can't speak for the Premier, but certainly I'm very committed to the issues around getting our vaccine coverage up but very much recognise that we need that 70% before we have too much of a discussion about what easing restrictions look like. So, you know, that tacitly contradicted the, the Premier's hopeful assertion that, that we'd start to emerge at 50%. We haven't given any time to think about areas we would ease. Um, what I'm concerned about is the numbers of cases that are currently um, occurring um, are too high and we need to see those numbers in a very circumspect way, she sort of threw the Premier under the bus there. It was absolutely clear that the, the Chief Health Officer was not on the same page as the Premier was on this. And the New South Wales Health Minister, Brad Hazard, who appeared with Chant before the committee to answer questions about the handling of the outbreak, suggested that Berejiklian's comments were actually only meant to boost public morale and, and maybe get vaccination up. Okay, look, I think, I think it's fair to say that the Premier is trying to give uh, a sense of hope to the community and trying to drive up also vaccinations because once we do, do get to that point... But it looks like there's another factor here and, and that's the influence of the New South Wales Treasurer, Dominic Perrottet. There have been reports and ministerial sources have told me that he had been arguing in Cabinet against extension of the lockdown, saying that the economic consequences are too significant and that the state actually needs to accept community transmission. Okay, so there is then quite a lot of disagreement, even within the New South Wales government, over this 50% target. What about amongst the the states? Because 50%, this is out of step with what the 
what the National Cabinet agreed to, the plan that was agreed upon. So how have the other states responded to this? Well, you're, you're absolutely right. After Berejiklian had made the announcement about the 50% target, various other state leaders quickly jumped in to tell her, not too subtly, that she must consult National Cabinet about any move to deviate from the, you know, agreed strategy to contain COVID-19. And the federal government's also been critical. I mean, Scott Morrison, who we should remember was at one stage, you know, dead against lockdowns, saying that, that lockdowns were very damaging and should be a last resort. He's announced as part of his four-phase plan to ease restrictions and get us back to normal life that, that 70% to 80% of the adult population would need to be fully vaccinated. There is not an alternative to the lockdown in New South Wales to get this under control. There is no other magic bullet that is going to do that. There is no vaccine solution that's going to do that. So after all of this pressure, it now seems Berejiklian's backtracking. You know, last week she repeated the need to stick to 70-80% vaccine targets and said that the restrictions in Sydney might not ease significantly until November. It's not going to be freedom all round to let 70% double doses uh, at least, and then 80% is when we learn to live with COVID. But having said that, I think all of us have to come to terms with what living with COVID means. Once you get 80% double doses... So where does all of this leave us, Mike? Is it realistic for us to continue to try and eliminate the Delta variant, particularly in New South Wales? Or do you think that we need to be having this conversation about vaccination rates and when we might be able to open up and allow some transmission to occur among a vaccinated population? Well, um, let, me, let me start by saying I'm no epidemiologist, but the politics of this seem to be becoming clearer. And that is that the New South Wales government seems to have given up on getting back to COVID zero. Other states have not. And because there is leakage of the virus out of New South Wales, that's making it harder for the other states. So there's, there's growing political tension. At the actual health level, some experts I spoke to suggested it might still be possible, even in New South Wales, if we locked down much harder and implemented other measures, to stop the spread and get back to zero. Others I spoke to suggest the horse has already bolted, but what they're all agreed on, what, what all the health experts are agreed on, is that even if we can't get back to zero, there should be much tougher things happening in New South Wales to at least limit the spread. And the big suggestion there is rapid antigen testing everywhere, essentially, among essential workers. Others are, you know, wider and proper use of face masks, also eye shields for essential workers. Better definition of who is essential, you know, supermarket staff, for example, are pretty essential we should be getting vaccines into them as a priority. And then, of course, clear and consistent messaging, which is the thing that's most notably lacking in New South Wales at the moment. And I think it's starting to dawn on people that, that you know, because the government did not go early and has not gone hard enough, we're going to be in this for months and months to come. And furthermore, not only have we put the populace of New South Wales in it, but it's increasingly apparent now that we're putting the other states in it as well because there is leakage across state borders because the Delta variant is just so, so hard to control. It's, it's really quite depressing. Mike, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure.
As a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Also in the news today, Melbourne's lockdown has been extended for an extra two weeks with additional restrictions. The state government announced on Monday that a 9pm curfew would be established and playgrounds would be closed. The lockdown restrictions will be in place until at least September 2. And in Afghanistan, the Taliban has declared the war over after its forces entered the capital, Kabul, and took over the city's presidential palace. The country's president had fled just hours earlier. More than 60 countries have called for the safe departure of Afghans and foreigners as thousands of people attempting to leave the country remain stranded at the airport in Kabul. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.